The Scoop Podcast is brought to you by SCN Coalition. You may know SCN is lurking in your fields, but do you know how much it's costing you? The new SCN Profit Checker tool tells you. Powered by data collected from more than 25,000 university research plots, this tool defines that economic toll field by field, driving home the need for active SCN management. Learn more at thescncoalition.com. And welcome to the Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of the Scoop, Margie Echelkamp. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk to Jake Jordanstad. He is the CEO and co-founder of Bushel. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Margie. So you helped launch Bushel in 2017. So if you could take us back to 2017, how do you describe the ag software environment, what was available, where things were heading, and then kind of speed us up into today. All right. So a lot of people don't know this, but we we actually started what became Bushel as a software business all the way back in 2011. So my co-founder, Ryan Raguse, and I built the company. We were doing software development, but it wasn't agriculture specific. We were just building things for anybody who were, was willing to pay us to help them do that. And we built a lot of mobile apps in our day. So at some point, we had over 700 projects that we had done um, as a team from 2011 to 2016, call it. So it was, it was pretty pretty crazy uh, learning. But as we got into it and as we came upon you know, 2016, 17, we realized that Every time we were doing an agriculture related project, the bar was really low in terms of like what the expectations were versus what we knew was possible with the technology. And this idea of a great interface wasn't like expected almost. And the the industry was just figuring out that maybe farmers do want to use some good tools. And it's like, to, to a lot of us, it's like obvious that the better a tool is, the more we're going to use it. But there was a lot of argument that farmers weren't interested in these things. They weren't adopting technology or software. And although that was probably true factually, the reasons that were understood were probably wrong. I think a lot of people thought that it was because the farmer just didn't care. But I think in reality, the farmer was only going to spend time on things that returned, you know, was had an ROI for them. And there was a lot of not that in the first 10 years of this ag tech world that we have been living in. And uh, so Bushel, our job was, how could we raise the bar for that interaction between the agribusiness and the farmer? And that's what we we saw as an opportunity. Yeah. Now, well, you kind of led into my next question, which was really, what led you to focus on ag software? It is a, a segment within a segment. And what was yeah. behind that? What encouraged you to do that? Well, we thought we were really smart when we said we were going to make uh, we were going to focus the business and we picked three industries, manufacturing, education, and agriculture, as if those are at all related to each other. Um, about a half a year of that. And then we we're like, okay, this is not a focus. You know, three major industries is not a focus. Agriculture would be a focus. And as we looked at our call it history of projects since about 2014, a, a lot of the agriculture stuff we did really was good. It was good outcomes. Um, good customers that we were working with. These are like some bigger co-ops at the time, um, a few 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 ag companies. We even did some work for companies like John Deere on the marketing side of their business. It was it was good. And we knew ag well. Ryan's grown up on the farm and we grew up around the farm, a lot of team 
at Bushel, uh, even at that time, was um, farm kids. And so we had a good grip on it. And uh, we said, you know what? Agriculture seems like like the place that we excel at. And hey, we're from Fargo, North Dakota. Probably uh, that's not a terrible answer. Then at the same time, Ryan was driving grain truck for his dad. And uh, he realized that there was this problem with just interacting with the elevator. The scale ticket was all paper. Your contracts were mailed to you. You were paid in a paper check. And you couldn't sell your grain without calling somebody. Like everything was manual. And so he, he he had that original realization. And then we took that in and built what you might know as Bushel today. So that was where that came from. So what is your proudest milestone for Bushel so far? In 2021, a lot of things happened. We signed some of our, our biggest customers onto the platform. So we, we went from having small and medium-sized businesses in this industry to some of the Titans joining the Bushel platform. Now, two years later, it's been a journey on like getting them onto our platform and and actually winning in that area. But like that was the start of what you'll see as results now with some of those big companies. We work with ADM and Cargill and the Andersons and Schooler, along with every other co-op and egg retailer you can think of that is 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 in this business. We're excited to be working with. And then at the same time that year, we passed 200 customers um, going into 2022. And so having 200 companies, and now today it's like 2,600 locations, like just the volume of businesses we work with and the impact we're making with their farmers for them, um, that's the part that I think we're all pretty proud, proud of is we, we know looking at the stats, looking at our feedback from our customers, we know that we're making the life of their farmer better and therefore making their life better in terms of serving that farmer who's their core uh, supplier, right? So that's that's been really fun to see. What are those KPIs, those key performance indicators that you help customers understand equals success? So the very first one was just pure farm adoption. How many farmers do you do business with and how many of them are using your tool that Bushel provides? So we we, we don't count it as like a active user where they looked at a bid. We, we look at a logged in user. So to us, it's really important. And we do usually a uh, percentage. So, hey, are you at 40% of your farms that you work with using your tool by year two? Um, that's like generally a good metric to go for. And, and some of our customers that have been on the platform for a long time are like 90% of their farmers. Some of them would say, we have everybody that matters using the tool. That was the first KPI that mattered to us. Now we've evolved because that's almost table stakes. If you can't get good adoption, then you're already losing. So let's say you get the good adoption, then it's how many transactions are we helping your business conduct that didn't require extra humans involved? So maybe it's, hey, one less uh, mailer put out for a signature, one less um, phone call to, to buy grain, and, and, and the farmer did it in the evening sitting on their um, you know sofa. And so that's the kind of secondary transaction we're, we're, we're tracking or the KPI we're tracking. And then the third one, which is kind of a focus for us now and into 24 is the commercial user. So one thing we realized is we built really great tools for the farmer, but they're almost in a lot of ways, they were better than what the customer, our customer had access to, to serve the farmer. The farmer could look up a bid and on the fly faster than 
our team inside the company we work with um, could because they're still using some of these antiquated systems to just do their job. And so we've been starting to track, you know, what we call an active commercial user, somebody who's in the business as an administrator, maybe they're an originator or a retail rep. How are they using our tools to conduct business better with Bushel? And how do we make our tools the best place? So when they wake up in the morning, they eat and breathe Bushel every day. Um, that's what we're trying to figure out um, as we go forward. So you'll see things like CRM-like capabilities and the communication tools that you want to have with your farmers. That's what's coming next. So that's what we're starting to track. When you think about the technology tools that are in the toolbox, what's the one that farmers haven't fully unlocked yet that you're most excited about? There's, I think there's two, but... you know, I'll one, take both, Jake. One is One is farmers are still not forward contracting enough grain. It does not matter where you're at in what region of the country. Almost every single year, it makes sense to forward contract, frankly, up to about your insurance coverage in terms of what you think your yield is going to be. And I would say, you know, it's still way more than half of uh, maybe closer to 75% of farmers just don't. And they sell in harvest for spot prices. And that's just how they operate. And if they would just do a little bit, like just try 10%, try 20%, try 30% for contracting this year, and just like lock in some profitable spots, assuming that there's a, a profitable year ahead. Sometimes there's not, right? There's been years where it's never been profitable to lock in. So you don't, but um, that's generally a problem in, in the industry. And I think that needs to be, still needs to be a focus of companies like Bushel to help help facilitate that. And then the second one, you know, I would say the, the the farmer is still not collecting or using quite enough tools on their own personal farm. You know, whether it's a bushel farm tool and John Deere Ops, maybe you're using climate and something else. There's just, it's still kind of crazy to me that the farmer doesn't have a full digital sort of replica of their operation going on on a piece of software um, because it, it does give you an advantage. If you can monitor rainfall, if you can monitor temperatures, if you can monitor growing degree days, if you can see what effect your fertilizer had for that yield over the year before, like those records are meaning, like very meaningful. And there's not enough farmers doing that still. And as you get bigger, as a farm gets bigger, th they've got to do that. And they've got to work with their retailers that are serving them and their agronomists and the more of that information they have, the better off they're going to be in years to come when we start to realize that more and more science can be applied to these things as our technologies get better. And you're going to have history that says, hey, this worked and that didn't. And for, as a farmer, it, it will matter. I know we've been saying that for probably 10 or 20 years in the industry, but it's starting to be at a point where the technology is accelerating so quickly that it's going to matter. So. Excellent. So we are talking to Jake Jordanstad. He is the CEO and co-founder of Bushel. We will be back after this message from our sponsor. For today's industry spotlight, we have Iowa State University nematologist, Greg Tilka. Greg, we have a new SCN profit checker. Tell us about the data powering that tool. Well, the data, Margie, come from 25 years worth of field work, over 35,000 research plots conducted throughout Iowa and funded by the Soybean Checkoff. Now, 
For folks to get started, they need four pieces of information when they head to scnprofitchecker.com. What information do they need? First, they need a SCN egg count, which comes from a soil sample collected and processed. Fall is a perfect time to do that. Secondly, they need to enter the percent sand content of the field that they're interested in. Third is the pH of the field that they're interested in, and those two factors greatly affect SCN yield loss. And the final thing is something called a uh, female index on PI88788. That's a specialized number, specialized test that comes from an HG type test. Fortunately, if they don't have that, the calculator has built in a default number for each state. Excellent. And Greg, why is the SEN Coalition encouraging agronomists and retailers to use the SEN Profit Checker? Well, despite it being a major yield reducing factor, oftentimes the damage is unseen above ground. And so this takes research data, allows a farmer to enter his or her numbers for their field, and it will calculate a percent yield loss. And then by entering their yield expectation and market price, that percent yield loss will be converted to dollars per acre estimated yield loss. And hopefully that will incentivize folks to more actively manage soybean cyst nematode. Again, that tool is available at scnprofitchecker.com, and that is Iowa State University nematologist Greg Tilka. Welcome back to the Scoop Podcast. I'm editor of the Scoop, Margie Eckelkamp. We are talking to Jake Jordanstad. He is the CEO and co-founder of Bushel. Jake, you've been at this software development game since 2011. You pivoted and really focused on ag with Bushel founding in 2017. What is a belief that you once held about this industry that you've since changed your mind about? At the beginning, I I believed for a time that the farmer was not willing to adopt technology. And I think that was completely incorrect. And there was like a lot of people would have told you the farmer adoption is the problem. The farmer adoption is the problem. I think looking back on that, the technology was the problem. And we just didn't want to talk about the fact that these tools weren't doing the job they needed to do for the farmer. So that would be one of the main learnings is farmers... For, for the, you know, most farms have one shot a year to grow a crop. They have one shot to get it right. And they still change a lot of variables every year trying to get better, but they only get like one attempt in software. We get like 10 attempts a day, you know, every two weeks we update the software to everybody like that's not a farmer. And yet they're still innovators. They're still trying things every year. And so we have to give them more credit, I think there. And we as a software industry in particular have to do a better job serving them. Excellent. So I reached out to you after I heard about a story. It actually came out of Canada. It was a court case that upheld a text message conversation between the farmer and the grain buyer, right? And did a thumbs up emoji constitute a contractual agreement? And you shared some insights there. So if you could just help folks understand you know, we're still a relationship business in agriculture, right? It's not odd for business people to text each other, but wherein lies some liability and what would you highlight as far as how technology helps solidify what you are obligated to do? 
it's it's still interesting that the farmer and their originator, for example, the co-op they might be working with or the elevator, there's they're very informal a lot of times about their relationship. And so it's it's well known that a lot of grain gets sold on Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat is like the worst place I can imagine because not only does it the message disappear, but like it's purposefully built that way. And so that that that's part of the challenge. It's not a bad thing that there's good relationships being built there. And that's just where they're doing business. But I mean, I, I would get in trouble myself, even as our CEO, if I was agreeing to agreements in text messages rather than a formal message and maybe even a signature for something that we're going to go forward with, right? You can't operate everything like that. And as farms get bigger, these are no longer like $500, $1,000 decisions. These are $100,000 sales happening right. and not even being contracted sometimes, or at least not properly. And so that, you know, part of the reason why texting and Snapchat's popular though, is because a lot of our, the customers in the egg industry, the, 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 the agribusinesses are not like some don't even use e-sign today. They're like, oh, we don't think our farmers will do e-sign. What are you talking about? It's 2023, almost 2024, and there's no reason. And so like that, that's the kind of mentality. Now, I don't, again, I don't think it's the farmer's fault. I think the messy middle of the supply chain is stuck in systems that don't make it easy to do e-sign and make it difficult even to generate a PDF out of some of these ERP systems is like a print screen function. It's like from the 90s still. And so no wonder they don't do e-sign. It's like, a, it's a painful task. And so that's the kind of thing where we have to just get over that um, because these things need to be pretty formal. I mean, yes, you can agree in a text message, but the contract still needs to get executed. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So Jake, you mentioned you are proud to be based in Fargo. You've invested a lot of your time and talent in cultivating that Fargo community. Just share a little bit about what you guys have going on there. Well, I think a lot of people don't realize that Fargo has kind of three to five major universities, 20 some thousand students a year coming into the city, um, usually new, right? A lot of new freshmen coming in to, to these universities. We have the second or third largest Microsoft campus in the country is in Fargo um, outside of Redmond. And there's a lot of you know, obviously agriculture, but also engineering prowess here. There's a lot of talent. I mean, John Deere has been a staple in electronics business here for a long time. Um, companies like Apario and now Agco have entered in. We've got manufacturing in case. We have the largest John Deere dealership company in the world with RDO. It's an incredible environment and a lot of a lot of egg techs happening here. You, you, guys, you know, you probably know of Nick Horob and Harvest Profit. You probably know uh, about Bushel maybe. Um, and there's probably 20 other companies that I could go through that are doing ag tech related work here. And so it's just a, it's the Mecca of, in some respects of what's happening in the tech space for egg. You could argue us or probably Des Moines. We can argue all day about who's winning. And then we have things like the grand farm going on where we've got this. Now it's almost, it's over 600 acres of nonprofit operating farm that is focused on helping bring about more automation and more autonomy on the farm so that, that that one farmer can combine a field with one human instead of three today, where you've got somebody in the grain cart and in the tractor and in the in, in the uh, truck, you know you can simplify that. So, um, I think it's a great place to be and to be building the company. 
Awesome. So Jake, the catalyst for having you come on the podcast is you were named to our 40 under 40 class. So congratulations. Thank you. That's a program that is sponsored by our partners over at New Farm. And this is a question I like to ask all of our 40 under 40 awardees, which is what just words would you share with other folks that are in agriculture, specifically kind of in this ag retail space and are in the early chapters of their career? What would you share? So one thing that there's like two mentalities and you can get stuck. You can get stuck here. The the one mentality is, hey, my, my opportunity to go up in my career is is contingent on somebody retiring, for example. That happens a lot in the conversation. Um, I would suggest that if you're in a position where you feel like the person ahead of you, you know, needs to retire or um, or something major has happened before you could ever have that opportunity, I would suggest to you to not make that an okay answer. Um, figure out how to step in and play that bigger role. Figure out how to suggest to your team that I think I can do more can you put me in that role, boss? Because I think there's the industry is ready for a push to kind of level up. And we need a lot of young talent coming in here and helping. And frankly, there's not enough labor to serve these roles. So companies are hungry for good leaders. I was in Illinois last week and one of our customers or one of our um, elevators were visiting their, their, their team has this young kid. He's probably 22 years old. And they're putting all the technology decisions on him because the rest of the team knows they're not the right ones to be making that next decision because, you know, whether they're going to be retiring or maybe they just feel confident that he's got a good sense of what the farmer needs. Like that kid's going to accelerate in his career. He's, you know, in his early twenties and he's stepping up. And so I think just don't be scared to raise your hand, count yourself in and say, you know what, I'm just going to play that role. And hopefully they'll recognize my abilities there. That'd be my encouragement to you. I love that example too, because that young professional is going to have so many examples that he can draw from of where he was held accountable to some very formative decisions for that grain elevator. Imagine, I mean, he gets to pick what tools their farmers are going to use from them, right? I mean, that, that could be a 10 year decision that he's going to be weighing in on. And, And if he's wrong, at least he learned early and he knows what he can learn from his, you know, if you fail, failure is not a problem as long as you're learning from it in in the industry. And so hopefully that uh, I call that flirting. If you fail and you learn from it, it's a flirn. It's not a fail. Um, and hopefully they, hopefully people feel more encouraged to do that. Cause we've got a lot of, a lot of things we've got to solve in egg still. Oh, I dig it. Awesome, Jake. Okay. So I like to wrap up every podcast episode with kind of three lightning round questions. Now I might give you three and a half because my first question is what's the most used app on your phone? I'm going to put my email and texting aside for that question. Let me think here. I use X, X x.com, the old, the old Twitter. Yeah. I use that a lot for news, for learning about what's going on in ag for following announcements. I, I use that every day. I've got a bunch of people I follow and I'm a big Elon Musk fan too. So I've got his tweets on there. Okay, excellent. So if I gave you the magic wizard wand and you could solve what problem, what would it be? In the stuff that my customers care about, I would love to, to figure out how to solve for an all-in-one platform. So our customer and their team can use one suite of tools and not have to 
log into five or 10 different things every single day and learn a new interface and change their thinking as they go about their day, if they could just do it in a natural workflow, their job would get better and we wouldn't have as many labor problems. I call that the digital dance card and how ag retailers and folks in agribusiness have to fill out that digital dance card and check all those boxes. Yep. It's a challenge. So one year from now, what do you predict that we'll be talking about? Ooh, that's a good one. We're going to be talking a lot, a lot more even yet about labor. We're going to be talking about um, continued high, not maybe higher, but high interest rates that are affecting how we think about margin in egg. And then we're going to be talking about autonomy because I think we're going to be at a stage here in the next couple of years where you'll start to see one or two less people required to do a certain job in egg. And hopefully that's happening both on the farm as well as at the agribusiness. But we need to continue to create some efficiencies or we're going to have big problems. Excellent. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If folks want to follow you on X or find you across social media and the web, where would you point them to? Yeah, find me on X, Jake from Fargo. Uh, and you can find Bushel Powered on there as well. Excellent. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Congratulations again on being named a 40 under 40. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Marty. Excellent. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us today. If you want to find us, go to www.thedailyscoop.com. We're also on X as Farmers Advisor, also on Facebook as the same. Until we are back on the podcast together, I wish everyone a safe and productive season. 